Welcome aboard, Captain. Welcome back to the Star Trek Minute, the semi-daily podcast where we analyze and discuss and probe Star Trek IV, The Voyage Home, one mind-altering minute at a time. I'm Chris LaSalle. And I'm David Stoker. Hey, Dave. Yeah, this is a mind-altering minute. You betcha. It's, uh, <laughs> it's minute 32 of The Voyage Home. Uh, minute 32 starts with Sulu shouting, Warp 9! And ends a minute later with a total drug trip or the beginning of a total drug trip. Yeah. Right? This is not even, this is, this, this is carries on and deliciously into the next minute. Right. Yeah. Um, deliciously. I don't know. <laughs> sure. Uh, I'm excited to talk about this minute and terrified to talk about this minute. Oh, totally. Um, I told you online offline about the, uh, well, why don't we, yeah, let's start at let's the top. Get to, let's start at the top. And okay. it's it's basically, you know, again, Sulu still, you know, uh he's calling it out. Yeah. Warp nine, 9.2, 9.3. And the ship is starting to come apart. Uh you know, they're they're hauling butt here. And uh, one of my questions that I had was is what is because obviously on like next generation, we've seen the ship go like warp ten. Okay. Yeah. But here they're going, you know, they're they're hitting warp nine and the the, the beast is coming apart. Yep. Like it's shaking, shuddering, you know, the whole nine yards. We even seen a part we see a part where the ship is physically buckling under the the speed. So does this does this A the quality of the Klingon ship? B, um, the class of ship, you know, it's just not built for speed. Or is it a combination of, you know, both the manufacturer, you know, Klingons built it, they're not, you know, technically savvy, you know, builders. And, you know, this vessel was just never designed for this type of speed. I mean, if I took my car out and, you know, ran it at 200 miles an hour for a while, I'm sure my car would start buckling and you know blowing gaskets all over the place steam shooting out of the dashboard yeah. uh yes i would i would absolutely say that this ship is not designed to go this fast uh and even like like you said like the enterprise d going warp 10 right wasn't it, weren't they weren't they even pushing it to make yeah, it that go was, that fast yeah that was even that was even pushing it yeah what was the what was the speed limit they decided they had a they had a, they couldn't go any faster than was it warp five or something like that? Remember when they they were like wearing out patches in the space time continuum or something because they kept driving oh. on the same spot too fast. Yep. It was like yeah, it was creating like ruptures in space or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So they put a speed limit so you can't go any faster than warp five unless you're it's an emergency. Yeah. Right. But that's later. That's later. Um. Yeah, so they do a good job in this minute of, you know, the not only is this, you know, dangerous with their danger with they're trying to attempt, and I guess this is the danger, right? It's the it's they're just gonna shake themselves to pieces and just, you know, flame out. Um 
and you can just see that I can just see the whole ship like breaking apart into, you know, like a like a X wing getting blown up over the over the <laughs> Death Star, right? Just kind of just pieces flying everywhere. Um, I could see that happening here. Oh yeah, totally. Do you? Uh, I well again, I could listen to Sulu all day, um, but there's a, there's a a great shot early on. It's probably like second six. Uh, where they yep. do the reverse angle when Kirk yells, you know, we need breakaway speed. Um, breakaway but you, speed. you get a yes. great shot of the inside of the bridge that we haven't really seen before, you know, looking on yep. the view screen, but you get to see the whole uh, Sulu and Chekhov's um, console. Yeah. Yeah. The console is pretty cool. Um, I mean, yeah, they do a good job with it. Even though it's a, you know, it's, it's a, it's a Klingon based console, whatever. It's still, uh, yep. it's a, uh, I mean, I, I definitely want to, like, stare at it and touch all the buttons, you know, just like I was looking at the Enterprise console. Um, but uh, I, I see the, you know, the see, when you're looking at the scene, which which is cool because obviously they're rocketing towards the sun. So the sun's getting, like, you know, bigger yeah. in, the, in the view screen. But uh, so the one thing that bothers me about the scene, and it's not bother, but that distracts me from the scene is the flashing red lights. Okay. Over to the right there. <laughs> because in my mind, yeah, I see the flashing red lights. But what I'm really seeing is like a flashing exit sign. <laughs> and I know that sounds so stupid, but I'm just like, I, I don't know. what I just see exit, exit, exit. And I don't know why it is. Probably because I saw an exit sign flashing today or something. I don't know. Yeah, I, I guess I can, I can kind of see why you think yeah. that. Uh, but... Uh... You're wrong. Yeah. Oh, I know. <laughs> it's not a rational thing. No. We're Star Trek Minute. Who said we were rational? Hmm. Uh, speaking of the blinking lights, and it's just after that when there's a reverse shot. Um, yeah. Uh, not a fan of when all the lights, like on the control panels, on the floor, on the, they're all they're all pulsing in the same. Yes, the same. So clearly, the set is wired up to just one big extension cord, right? And so everything is just turning on and off at the same time. And it's like that's not how it would really work, right? They'd all have independent power sources. They should all be flashing in different, you know, all different well, I sequences. Think, I would right? think so, but I'm sure it's easier to set them all up on one circuit. And no. we got the shot. Just yeah. get all the lights flashing and. <laughs> We'll do lots of cuts, so nobody will notice unless some idiot is just staring at this three seconds yeah. at a time. Oh, exactly. So, um, you know, I, I had a question, and I think you actually might have answered it um, earlier. Uh, Kirk yells out, you know, we need breakaway speed. Yeah. And I've always been like, why? Why? What is it? I mean, but but you said earlier, they're, they're flying straight at the sun right now. Yeah. So the, the plan is to do like a slingshot move, right? Where they would, you know, orbit, you know, or, or whip around the sun. Um, but is the plan, is, is in order to do this, do they have to fly straight at the sun and then at the yeah. last second do something to whip around? That's where the, that's where the, the, the thrusters fire and gets them out of the way just in the nick of time. Is that what, okay, now you're, that's the other question I had here. Is that when Kirk yells now, Mr. Sulu? Because I'm like, what what is Sulu doing now? What is Kirk asking Sulu to do? I don't know if it's like one final burst of speed or put right. him in a trajectory around the sun that gives him the op. See, 
this is where I'm going to show my super ignorance. My my, you know, this is where we need like Neil deGrasse Tyson or, <laughs> um, you know, like Stephen Hawking to come in at this moment and say, this is why slingshotting around the sun uh, initiates time travel. It's just because they're going so fast that time is slowing but the, down. But, but, but why do they need the sun? Why do they need a planetary body? I get that slingshotting... Um, it's gravity. My God. You know, I get it. Like, it, it increases the speed of the ship more. But I just don't understand why going faster um, it makes you go backwards in time. Well, that we, we were talking about that too, right? Some of the homework we did for this minute was we went back and watched the time travel scene from t- t- Tomorrow Was Yesterday from the original series, and they're doing the same thing. They are going; they're just going faster and faster. And Spock's like, "Oh!" And you check out the chronometers right now; they're running backwards. And they, you know, it even before right. they started the slingshot, time was going backwards because they were going so fast. I. I I, yeah, which but... you could poke holes in that too, right? <laughs> but uh, I guess in the Star Trek universe, going fast equals going backwards in time. Okay, I just don't. I'm just going to claim it's one of those things that I just don't understand. Okay, you're allowed. It's it's and it's... And, that, and that's and that's okay. That's okay. It's not science. It's science fiction. Oh, I. I get it. Like they had to come up with some some way that looks cool. I mean, it's totally, you know, I believe it. Even now, I believe that if we had warp capability, took our ship and slingshot around the sun, that you'd go back in time. I totally buy it. Yeah, we just got to figure out how to go that fast. I just want to know why it works. <laughs> Can we talk about uh, Uhura uh, almost getting sucked out the window? I'm okay. I'm okay, everybody. Yeah, we we didn't we didn't ask. <laughs> That's right. She said, "Okay, I'm okay." Uh, yeah, that shot of whatever. It's just I think it's just of one of the view screens exploding, but there's a light behind it, and every time I every time I see that shot, I think it's, a hole is opened up in the side of the ship. Oh yeah, it totally and, looks like a hole is opening up in the side of the ship. Yeah, and the re- the reaction shot uh, I love, Kirk, Chekhov, and McCoy all like turning at the same exact yeah. time to go to look over. <laughs> It's a great. Well, he's his eyes are like bugging out of his head. Like when she goes, "I'm okay," and they they focus on on Kirk. Look at his face. It is like oh, his eyes could not come more out of his head if he tried. Yeah, it was like some, you know you'd think that something had popped out of a horror's forehead. You know, that's yeah. the face he's making. Oh my god! But she's okay. Not that we asked. I'm okay. I'm okay. Yeah, I'm more concerned about myself here uh, and whether or not we're going to get sucked out the side. That's what I'm concerned about. Yeah. That's his face. Uh, what do you think about the other bridge uh, bridge destruction that, like, uh, metal girder, like, splitting open and steam comes out of it? Is that... That's so fake. <laughs> it's so fake. Uh, but it's a cool effect. I do like it. I, and again, I've said this before. Practical effects over, you know, if they can do something practical over, uh, you know, uh, a CGI effect, sure. I, I love it. And I and I do, I, again, it shows that, like I asked before, like how fast are they going? Like is it because this ship is not designed? And this this is part of it. Like the, the panel breaking open and then the girder just starting to split. Like it's literally going to, like this is 
they're going so fast, the ship is breaking apart. Yeah. And I do like it. I mean, it's kind of a cheesy effect, but it, it looks cool, and, I, and I'm in the moment, and I love it. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. I'm going to give it. You're right. It's, it's, it's CG. It's a, it's practical. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, okay. So then at that point, I guess it's uh or just after that, um, that's when Kirk yells now, Mr. Sulu. And I think you're right. Maybe Sulu just hits the thrusters to uh, nudge him over to the right a little bit. So that now instead of heading straight for the sun, they're, uh, they're going to go around it, but they're caught in the sun's gravity. So it's just <laughs> slingshotting them around. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, sun yeah, looks pretty cool. Out, uh, yeah, he a... calls out. Yeah. Oh, I think the sun looks great. I mean, the folks over at ILM did a fantastic job. <laughs> Good job, guys. And I do like the music a little bit here. Um, you know, oh, it's, yeah. it's not bad. It's not like fantastic, but it's not bad. Oh, it's got a little bit of uh, original series to it. Yep, a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I, I, I'll give you that, yeah. And I, and I and I do like the how they film this in the sense that you know you're coming up to the sun and then you sort of see the the vertebrae come by us yeah. and we go over to the right side of the sun and then it like pauses for like just a minute just a just a just a sec yeah. and then you pull back and then it sort of focuses on the left side and you see the the vertebrae go shooting out and I just like the way they sort of did that nice because you're almost like holding your breath is like Gonna come around. Yeah, you're just like waiting for Apollo 13 to come out right. on the side of the moon, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, but you know what? Uh, then I'm gonna. Then it gets ruined by this weird camera coming up the back end of the bird of prey. That's a shot gotta, I do not like. It's gotta have a tailpipe. <laughs> and we're going right up it. <laughs> yeah. So I just there's something about that shot. It just nah, it's not working for me. Well, that's in the you know we were we were looking around for uh, some stuff about this minute. And we were talking about it, and I remember reading in the script it actually says, like when they were talking about this effect, that they wanted to come up through the rear of the ship like that. Oh, that was really okay. so. So that's the way they wrote it, um, which I found right up the tailpipe. Right up the tailpipe. Okay, then I guess they did a good job. They literally. So they must have just said, um, from day one, this is going to be a cool shot if we come up from behind, and then we go into the ship. So, but, I'm, but I don't like it. Okay, I don't either. Agreed. Uh, but this, I guess this minute is a lot of like, love it, hate it, love it, hate it, love it, hate it, because right. then the next one... I'm gonna say this next moment is probably one of the coolest things uh, that I've learned so far about the voyage home since we started the season. Right. Um, so this shot now we get inside the bird of prey, and we got yep. Kirk sitting in the chair, and everything around him is white. The chair is white. The the yep. control panels are white. The screens are not red anymore, and they deliberately did that. They actually painted the set white just for this one. Shot. Just this one scene, right? Yeah. Yeah, I love that. I love that they, you know, they didn't like bring in another, you know, they try to fake it out or whatever. They actually mm. literally painted that chunk of set and put in the white chair just for this moment. What and does only... um? Oh, go ahead. No, and I think it's only this one moment, right? We don't see it again. Nope, we don't see it again. So every time I see this scene, 
in particularly so this part and then the whiteheads it makes me think of Battlestar Galactica oh the the original yeah, the original series with uh you know Dirk Benedict and okay. uh, uh I can't remember the guy that played Apollo but when they Richard, go to Richard the ship Thompson? of Richard Thompson yes and they go to the ship of lights uh, and they have, and then they have the white uniforms on, and everything is white. Oh yeah. yeah, and that's what that's what this makes me think of. It's like that ethereal, like death, like, and, and it, you know, and it, it makes more sense when you know he uh, McCoy ma- ma- makes that comment about angels, and like here we are, you know, in the white purity of like we're supposed to believe are they dead? Like is this it? Like are they? Right. Is he dying? Is he dying here? Like he's going to the great beyond, um, which I think again, I, I absolutely love the way the decision to do this, um, which again leads us into the next scene, which is, like you said, I think you said at the, the beginning, a big drug trip. <laughs> uh, yeah, and you know, we were we definitely. Uh... <laughs> We've been doing some research on this stuff and trying to figure right. out what is going on. You know, it's it's so open to interpretations. We were looking to see, you know, in the script, in the novelization, is anything kind of giving us some clues of what is happening here? Right. And one of the first ones, and I didn't realize this, is this is supposed to be all happening inside of Kirk's head. Right. Which and they I would never, I would never have known that had we not done, you know, the research on this. Yeah, and I think they, and I think they could have helped us with that if this shot, when they came into the uh, to the bird of prey, and we see Kirk sitting in the chair in the white background, if the camera had just kind of gone, like straight into him, straight into his head, like you know, instead of yeah, it kind of it kind of paused, and then we cut to the, the floating heads, right? Um, that would have been made a little more clear as right. what we were seeing. And we found out some, uh, again, you, you look at these minute, you know, second by second, minute by minute, and you learn, like, very interesting things about scenes. And this one in particular, which I always sort of, like, rolled my eyes at the scene, but I give it a little more, no, I give it a yeah. little more credit now. You know, uh, we were we were, we were were looking through some of the research, and one of the things that I found was, you know, it's uh, – it says, traveling through time, Kirk and crew experience what author Jody Duncan Shea termed a dreamlike state. The script's only direction for the effect was, quote, now they go through time. And, you know, this is this is what they come up with. And ILM did the computer animated sequence to give you a feeling of being not real, which totally is not – doesn't doesn't look real. <laughs> no. Which is the effect they were going for. Yeah. Um, but then they did, like – these are all, like uh, – they did they map them or something? Um, yeah. So the way they did the effect is it's it's real fog and it's actually that the, the heads are all the all the heads are styrofoam busts. Yeah. Uh, that were made from they, the the cast all went in and got their heads, you know, like three D scanned from a video camera. You know, so back or back then, right in the eighties, that not using right. lasers and three D printers yet. Um, it was a company called Cyberware. They scanned everybody's head, and then they they used those to make styrofoam busts. Uh, so so that's what's you know, like if the first one you see is is Scotty, right? His head's kind of coming out of the fog, and then they used computer animation to do the 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 blending effects from one right. styrofoam bust to the other. Right. And I will say the stuff of nightmares, Sulu's bust. 
Oh, with those dead eyes, the in his mouth open like that. It, yeah. Uh, that it, I mean, that's the like one of the scariest parts of the sequence for me is is Sulu's head. I would agree. Yeah. Oh, and that's where it stops, isn't it? It segues Sulu's head segues into Chekhov's mm-hmm. head. Yeah, and, and then, then it breaks. Yeah, minute breaks. Um, but the other thing is, we were listening to this as as we, you know, I was reading through the script and the and the stuff, and there's 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 dialogue here. Like I can't, Scotty's dialogue is a little too, and I couldn't find any reference to it, so it's a little too, you know, distorted. Mm-hmm. But Ohura, you hear clearly. And she says, I should never have left him behind. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we found, we, we did some digging and we, 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 we kind of came up with the hypothesis of what is actually happening here. Yeah, and it's, um, it's uh, well, I thought it was originally, I thought they were actually doing some callbacks to the original series. I'm like, oh, right. well, when, when would Uhura said that in the original series? Is from right. referencing some episode? Uh, and then I think you figured out where it's coming from. Yeah, so this is actually later in the in the movie. So she's quoting when, uh, you know, uh, they go and they get the photons from the the vessel, the Wessel. Um, she leaves him. She leaves Chekhov behind, and she says, you know, I should never have left him behind. And what Kirk is seeing here is things that are going to happen in the future. Right. Which is kind of cool. That's a nice right. touch, given that we're time traveling. Right, and then yeah, Sulu makes another comment about the controls, and then there's a scene later in the film where he talks about like he has no control. So it's it, he's going through these things, and it's it, you know in retrospect when you see it again, you're like, and you and you finally it finally dawns on you, and you're like, wow, I'm like that genius, genius. Yeah, yeah it is. It's it's a really it's a really nice touch, and it's so subtle because it's hard. Everything everything's muddled, so you're just like, what, right. what am I here? What's going on? Yeah, it is. It's a really nice touch. Agreed. Um, let's see what else. Oh, the other thing, um, I mean, we could talk about a little bit more and actually maybe we should save it for, for next minute, but the, um, part of the inspiration for the dream sequence, the time sequence, Mm. I don't know what you call it, is, uh, is Ralph McQuarrie, who's, uh, you know, for me, most famous for, um, you know, all of the, uh, kind of pre-production art for, Star Wars and for you know Battlestar Galactica, he's done all sorts of stuff from the '70s, yep. all this sci-fi thing. Uh, a lot of you know famous characters and ships and everything came out of his head, and um, and some of that is uh, the sequence is based on that. And we're going to be able to see more more specifically some stuff of his in the next minute. So I'll save it. Right. Okay. Great. Um, and I think that's all I had. Um. Yeah, that's all I had for this one. Do you do you have any more? No, I think that was it. I think this is um, as much as I, I like I said before, as much as I've rolled my eyes at this scene before, I have yeah. a I have a brand new appreciation for what is happening here. And I and again, I think I think it's I think it's genius. Yeah, I I, I completely agree with you. I, I I was never a fan of this scene, even I think originally when we saw it in the theater, I was like, oh god, this is corny. Um, but it's a uh, and it's and it is it's trippy and um, but. Uh, yeah, it all comes together now as you're as we're pulling all the materials together. So agreed. Um, all right. Well, should we wrap it up then? I think we should. All right. Let's wrap it up. Uh, obviously, more to come on Friday, guys, as we talk about the uh, the, 
the head trippiness that's going on here. But if you want to, uh, if you want to uh, share some thoughts, uh, why don't you go and uh, head on over to Facebook and uh, if you haven't already joined the Star Trek Minute Listener Federation, it's a group we got set up for all the fans of the show. We're in there talking about the movie, uh, speculating. We're doing polls. We're uh, talking about um, Star Trek in the news, Star Trek Discovery, anything else going on. Um, so we'd love to love to hear from you and uh, um, please and thank you. And uh, yep. yeah, oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, we'll be back again on Friday, uh, talking about minute 33 of the voyage home here at the Star Trek Minute. Bye now. Goodbye.